Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast. Ball in the air, and it's intercepted. A weekly podcast about all things football. On his first throw. And only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Andrew Walker. Welcome back, everyone. It is finally here. Week one starts tonight. The defending Super Bowl champs play the Houston Texans, a rematch of last year's playoffs. Now, this episode is going to contain us doing our predictions and stuff. And I actually had a friend of mine give me some questions to kind of take the conversation in a way that engages you as fans. And maybe, so maybe some questions that you guys are actually thinking about yourself. For me, I'm most intrigued about how the season is going to play out for rookies. You know, last year we had a couple of really good ones. Nick Bosa, of course, won Rookie of the Year. Kyler Murray had a great season as well. And A.G. Brown looks to be like he took over that number one wide receiver spot. But with the shortened offseason, how long will it take them to adjust this year? That's exactly why I said in my last podcast, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to win Rookie of the Year this year. He's going into a Chiefs system that has everything already figured out. He's not like Joe Burrow or Chase Young who are going into franchises that are kind of disorganized at this current state. Looks like they're turning it around. But with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it allows him to not go in and, and have this immediate pressure that has been pushed on him. The new segment that I touched upon last episode, it's called Hogs of the Week. So each week, every Thursday, when we come out with a new episode, we're going to have three players we want you guys to watch out for. Then the following week, what we're going to do is we're going to reevaluate those three, see how we measured up, see if we did a hit or miss on them. And if we missed on those three, we'll give you some others that made an impact that are recommended to be players to continue to look out for. But week one matchup, Houston Texans are going to Kansas City. It's game one, opening kickoff. And there are said to be about 16,000 fans tonight, which is exciting to see. I can't wait until stadiums start filling back up because fans do play an intricate part in how teams play throughout the game. But is this first game of the season, is it going to be much different than the playoffs were last year when Houston had to go to Kansas City and play them the second round of the playoffs? You know, the Texans, they came out swinging. They had scored 24 points on the Chiefs. We thought, oh, my goodness, how could this be? But it wasn't until Pat Mahomes flipped that switch where they scored 41 unanswered points and won the game 50, 51 to 31. I mean, they, they won it pretty big. But what I'm going to be watching out for is how will Houston adjust to Patrick Mahomes? Now we get Kansas City, they're going to score. But can Houston keep the distance, the margin small? How will they face getting punched in the throat every single drive? Because I think Kansas City is going to score points every single drive. It may not be touchdowns, but I think they're going to score. Because the Texans, they're they're not going to stop Kansas City. And how will the Texans' offense keep up? Will the offseason hangover affect the, the Texans? Now, keep in mind, too, this is the first game without DeAndre Hopkins. Is Will Fuller the answer at that number one wide receiver spot? But the game is going to be kicked off at 820 on NBC. And for our game prediction, 
We're going to go with Pat Mahomes. He's going to throw for four touchdowns, and he's going to pass for over 350 yards. This game, it's not going to be close. And even though Kansas City won't have their attendance like normal because we understand the situation, I think playing at home after what all the teams have been through is going to have an extra level of motivation to win. But like I said, game won't be close. Final score, 41-24 Chiefs. Philadelphia Eagles are going to be traveling to the Washington football team. It's a rivalry game. But the thing is, the Eagles last year, they were 2-0 and against Washington. What are they going to have to do differently this season in order to change that outcome? And I think they've already done some key steps to in order to change that. They went after a coach that has already shown that he can win games and change a culture, being Ron Rivera. I mean, he took over a Panthers franchise that was coached by John Fox, who was there for nine seasons. I mean, he was a huge part of how the Panthers did a lot of things. But the thing is, Ron Rivera only did slightly better than John Fox did. They both went to a Super Bowl, both lost. Ron Rivera has one more division title than John Fox did. But with Ron Rivera coming to Washington, are, is he going to be the answer to get them back to winning form? Now, the game is going to be kicked off at 1, 1 p.m. Now, all these times I'm going to give you are going to be all Eastern Standard times, but it's going to be at 1 o'clock on Fox. And we're going to go with the Eagles here with an easy one. You know, I did, I did some research with Carson Wentz against Washington. His record is 5-2. and two, And he has completed 171 out of 253 passes, which equates to 67% completion. And if, if your quarterback can complete almost 7 out of 10 passes in the NFL, I'm happy. Because the league average is only 63.5%. He has thrown for over 1,900 yards, which equates about 279 per game. It's not incredibly high. But what sticks out most uh, out of all the stats that I look for Winston against Washington is his QBR. In those seven games, he has a 102.38 QBR. I personally don't know what else to say or a statistic to pull out to convince you that the Eagles are going to win this game. Final score, 28-17 Eagles. Now Miami gets to be the first team to play against the Tom Brady-less New England Patriots. Everyone is talking about it. I get it. Tom Brady is no longer the starting QB of the Patriots. Let's get that out of the way. And we also understand they're not going to be who they once were. And I'm, I'm, I'm with the side of the fans, too. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done talking about, you know, with beating a dead horse and Tom Brady's not there anymore. Let's look and approach the Patriots as who they are now and not who they once were. Because we understand we can't compare this team to what Tom Brady, his legacy that he built in New England. If we start playing this comparison game, we're, all fans, including most important Patriot fans, they're going to be disappointed if all they do is compare players, quarterbacks, whoever, to Tom Brady, to Willie McGinnis, to Teddy Bruschi. Like, you can't do this comparison game. At some point, there has to be a new line that to, that to draw and say, okay, going forward, this is our new culture. This is a new generation of a team. But do we think that the Patriots are going to have enough offense in order to win this game? I believe it's going to take players outside of Devontae Parker to show up for Miami for them to win this game. We know Devontae Parker, he's going to be matched up with Stephon Gilmore. He'll get some touches, but he's not going to get much. But can Jordan Howard and Matt Breda be a physical presence 
and run against the sixth-ranked rushing defense last year. Now, the benefit of Miami is now they have Kyle Van Noy. And Kyle Van Noy was an intricate part of the success New England had last year defensively. Kickoff is going to be 1 o'clock on CBS. But I believe Cam Newton's going to show up, and he's going to show why he's considered to be a top quarterback, in my opinion. He's going to, he's going to throw for over 250 yards. He's going to rush for over 75. And he's going to throw for two touchdowns and rush for one. Final score, 31-20 Patriots. Green Bay's first game is going to be traveling to Minnesota. Honestly, I think this game should have been a Sunday night featured game. Because the division, I think it's going to come down to these two teams. The Packers beat the Vikings in both matchups last year. But can they repeat what they did last year? You know, if you ask me, who are you taking this game? Am I taking Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? I really like the Packers' defense. They are led by Zadarius Smith, who is extremely underrated. Last season, he finished with 13 and a half sacks. And I believe he's going to surpass that in 2020. Game is at 1 o'clock on Fox. But with this game being the first week in Minnesota, and you ask me who am I taking, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. I'm going with the Vikings. It's not prime time, so it's going to help Cousins. Think mentally. And I think he's going to have a good game along with Dalvin Cook. But the person to look out for is Justin Jefferson. He's going to have eight catches for over 90 yards and a touchdown. Final score, 24-21 Vikings. Now the new look, Indianapolis Colts get to play Jacksonville for their first game. How fortunate are they, right? It's an AFC South showdown. The revamped Colts now have Phillip Rivers under center. They drafted Jonathan Taylor. They traded for DeForest Buckner for a third-round pick. And they got Michael Pittman Jr. in the draft, too, that I think will eventually be a one at the receiver spot. The Jaguars seem to have gotten worse as far as the roster. They have some bright spots, though. DJ Chark and Chris Conley, they're, they're really good young wide receivers who can make plays. But I find it curious how they, why they drafted C.J. Henderson, though. Why would you trade away Jalen Ramsey a year removed and draft another cornerback? The Jags had the cap space in order to pay him. So why? Oh, I know why. It's because Jalen Ramsey didn't want to be there, just like a lot of players. This speaks so bad of the organization. We have a lot of players who are vocally saying that Jacksonville is a terrible place to play. But what can Jacksonville do to win this game? I believe Indy's run is going to be way too much for Jacksonville to handle. The Colts have too much ground power with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. And with this game kicking off at 1 o'clock, I'm going to go with the Colts over it. I think collectively they're going to have over 150 yards rushing. They're going to have over six yards of carry. And Jonathan Taylor is going to get his first touchdown in the NFL. The final score is going to be 24 to 13 Colts. In Chicago, they get to go to Detroit. And they just announced for Chicago that Mitch Trubisky is going to be, he's going to be the starter for the season. But if you listen to our episode where we, where we showcase the Bears, you know we had this happening. We said that Mitch Trubisky is going to start, but Nick Foles is eventually going to take over. And Detroit seems to have a healthy Matthew Stafford back. But the matchup I want to kind of focus on is that Bears secondary. Matthew Stafford, before missing eight games last year, he threw the ball downfield 43 times, completing just 19 of them. 
But that's 42.2%, which ranked 19th in the league for the entire year. And his 43 attempts ranked just 20th. But that's out of all quarterbacks, like I stated. And if he had played all 16 games and kept that average, he would have led the league in deep throws. Jameis Winston had 5.25 deep throws per game. And before Stafford got hurt, he had 5.375. I say this statistic because the Bears have Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller who are going to disrupt everything Matthew Stafford is going to throw at them. And even though that this game is in Detroit, I really like the Bears secondary too much in this game. Stafford is going, he's coming back from back surgery. He's going to be pushed outside the pocket. And the Lions game really isn't good enough to win against that insanely good Bears front seven. Our prediction is though, the Bears are going to have three turnovers created in this game. They're going to end up winning 28 to 23. Now why the NFL decided to have the Raiders go away on their first game is completely crazy. It's a brand new stadium. Why not showcase them in Las Vegas? But they get to go to uh, Charlotte. Teddy Bridgewater gets another opportunity to start. This is the first time he'll be a starting quarterback without having a quarterback ahead of him get hurt, a.k.a. Drew Brees, since his second season in 2015 with Minnesota. I mean, we have to all agree this is an awesome story, right? I remember when he got hurt and he said he was going to be a starter again, and a lot of people doubted him. The journey, I'm sure, has been long for him, but he definitely has deserved an opportunity to take a franchise back to the playoffs like Carolina. You know, the thing is, I love Matt Rule. Everywhere that he's gone, especially in college, he has improved the program. And the way he addressed the immediate need on offense through free agency with Teddy and Robbie Anderson and Russell Kuhn and John Miller, those were needed. I loved him. You immediately helped out QB, wide receiver, and O-line. And then you drafted for the future with seven defensive players. He understood that with Luke Keekley retiring, it was going to be a rebuilding process. And I love the additions he made defensively. With the game prediction, though, with all the new pieces on, on defense for Carolina, I don't think they're going to be able to stop their running attack with Josh Jacobs. Before his season ended early, he was having a tremendous season last year. He missed three games, and he still ran for over 1,100 yards. Look at the other side of the ball. Christian McCaffrey, he's going to get his. I think he's going to have 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing in his first game. But Josh Jacobs, he's going to have two touchdowns. Final prediction be 31-28 Raiders. Now we get to see an in-state battle with the New York Jets against the Buffalo Bills. And we get to see Josh Allen paired up with his new wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. How will, how will Stephon Diggs match up against the Jets secondary? In the Jets passing defense, they ranked 17th in the NFL last year. But with trading Jamal Adams to Seattle, will that alter their game plan going forward? I would not be surprised if the Bills' game plan is to expose the secondary in this matchup. Last year, the team split in the series. Josh Allen had over 250 yards passing, completed 64% of his throws, but he threw two interceptions. That's the first game. The second game, he didn't end up playing much. He ended up getting hurt. They ended up losing that game 13-6. There was only one touchdown score between both teams. But I'm convinced, though, if Josh Allen didn't get hurt, and Matt Barkley didn't have to come in, the Bills would have won that game. 
Now, if you guys follow us on social media at Podcast Pigskin on Twitter and Instagram, you would have seen our predictions on there. My rookie of the year defensive candidate is AJ Epsoninza. And I think in this game, he's going to have two sacks. And I think collectively, the Bills' stout defense is going to have five. 24-14 Bills. The Ravens will be hosting the Cleveland Browns. And Lamar Jackson, who's the reigning league MVP, is he going to be able to continue to play at the highest level like he did last year? Are they, the Browns, going to be able to slow down what Lamar Jackson dishes out? Honestly, I think Baltimore's rushing attack is going to be too much for Cleveland. You, of course, have Lamar, who is quarterback slash running back. Mark Ingram, who's healthy again. And you add one of the best college football running backs in the in the nation in J.K. Dobbins. That's a three-headed monster. I don't think you can effectively stop all three. I think the Browns offense, though, is going to have enough to stay within distance of Baltimore because they added players like Jack Cochran, who's going to cover that right side, which will allow and create holes for Nick Chubb to run through. I just like the Ravens' defense much better than I do the Browns' defense. And because of that, I think Lamar's going to have, he's going to account for five total touchdowns. And the final score is going to be 42 31 Ravens. Now, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks are going to be traveling down to Atlanta. It's the Battle of the Birds. Russell Wilson against Matty Ice. This is going to be an intriguing one to watch. And I think the biggest offseason move that's going to impact this game could be Dante Fowler. You know, with Dante, he got out of Jacksonville like he wanted, played for a decent Rams team, and he got the contract this offseason. The Falcons were the 20th ranked defense in 2019, but they essentially just replaced Vic Beasley with Fowler. I don't see that much of an upgrade, but I like Fowler's potential to have a good season. But despite some of the additions that Atlanta had, I have to go with Russell Wilson on this. His away winning percentage as a quarterback is 59%. He's winning more on the road than he's losing. But a player to look out for is Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to have a he's going to have 100 yards receiving, he's going to have one touchdown. But the game is ultimately going to go to the Seahawks 28 to 24. The Chargers and the Bengals are going to be facing off and I was really hoping to see Justin Herbert to be the starter when the season began. But it looks like Ty- Tyrod Taylor is going to be taking that. And with Joe Burrow having a historic season with LSU last year, can the success that he had in Baton Rouge translate to Cincinnati? When we did our season predictions for divisions, we said that the Bengals are going to be winning two games this year. And the Chargers are one of them. And I think Joe Burrow, he's going to have a great game. I think he'll have three touchdowns, and they're going to win this game 28-20 to Bengals. I think a lot of people are excited to see the Cardinals play this year. They get to go to San Fran their first game, and we finally get an opportunity to see DeAndre Hopkins in his new uniform, paired up with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. What a receiving core for Kyler Murray to have, though. And when you have Kenyon Drake in his first full season in the backfield, is that going to be enough against the Niners' defense? Can the Cardinals match up with the Niners, though? 
the Niners did lose to Forrest Buckner, but on defense, they're still good, and they I don't think they're going to miss a beat. But they only ranked behind the Patriots last season for overall defense. I like them being just as good as last year, if not better. George Kittle, he's going to have two touchdowns in this matchup, and they're going to win 28-21 to against Arizona. We get to see Tom Brady against Drew Brees. We get to see him twice. But as far as this game, which quarterback is going to have to prove more? You got to look at Tom Brady. He's he's on another team for the first time in his career. Drew Brees is coming off a disappointing playoff outing. I think it's going to be an offensive battle. Mike Evans, though, he looks like he's going to be missing the first game due to a hamstring injury. But I believe Chris Godwin is fully capable of filling that one receiver role. This is going to be an afternoon game. A majority of the games are 1 o'clock, so this is going to be nice to see 425. But I believe that Chris Godwin is going to have more receptions in this game than Michael Thomas. I'm going to go with 38 to 33 Saints. Now, Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys, face off against the Rams the first game. And I think the Cowboys, I think they have a lot of talent, way more than the Rams do. I think they're just a better team. But if you look, I, I think if you ask who's going to rush more in this game, are you going to look at Zeke? Or do you think that the Rams running backs collectively going to run more? I think Zeke is going to have more rushing yards in this matchup than the Rams will have as a team. The reason being is because now that Todd Gurley is in Atlanta, they have to resort to Brown, Henderson, and Akers. And with those three, I like my odds with Zeke. And this is a Sunday night football game on NBC at 8.30. It's not a very bold prediction, but for my my prediction for this game is that Dak is going to throw for over 300 yards. The Cowboys are going to end up winning 30-20. The Steelers get to head up to New York to face the Giants. And with Big Ben and James Conner coming back from injuries and Eric Ebron being the Steelers' biggest free agent acquisition, is that going to be enough for them this year? Now, they didn't add too many pieces. They did, however, re-sign some players. But I think the biggest kicker is the Steelers' defense is going to be better than they were last year. And I think it's going to be good enough to take them to the playoffs. But how good can Big Ben play? I believe it's the X factor in this matchup. Daniel Jones Daniel Jones is going to have a better season in year two. Saquon will continue to do what Saquon does. And I like the Steelers' offense more than I like the Giants' defense in this game. It's the first Monday night football game this year. And I think the Steelers' defense and special teams collectively are going to score two touchdowns. Steelers are going to win 28-21. to Now for the final game this episode, we have the Titans and the Broncos who will complete the first week of the 2020 NFL season. The biggest news coming out of that game is losing Bon Miller to possibly the entire season. He's going to have surgery on his ankle, foot. This is going to be a major impact for them going forward. I know that they acquired Jarrell Casey from the Titans, but even if Miller was healthy, would that have been enough to take that defense back to like it was in 2015? His Ryan Tannehill season last year gets overlooked by everyone. Derrick Henry had an outstanding season, and he had the rushing title. 
But people act like Tannehill and Henry's games didn't complement or play off one another. Without the other, they would not have been as successful as they were. Tannehill gets to go back to the place where his season started last year. The Titans end up benching Mariota, and once Tannehill took over from the Broncos on, they didn't look back. And I get that last year they lost this matchup in Denver, but I think with Tannehill being the starter and Henry taking off like he did last year, they're going to win. Drew Locke, he's going to throw for 250 yards, and he's going to have two touchdowns. He's going to have a good game. But I think the Titans are going to win 26-23. to Now, as we mentioned in the beginning, we have three players who we want, to, we want you guys to look out for. Our three nominees for Hogs of the Week are, first one is Jacob Martin. He plays linebacker for Houston. A lot of people buzz around there said he had a really good training camp. And I like that the touches that he's going to get right behind Whitney Merciless, who's a little older, may not play third down as frequent. But the second one we want to look for is Robert Tonyan. I don't know if I said that last name right. I apologize. But he plays tight end for Green Bay. I think he's eventually going to be the number one tight end there. And I like that Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be throwing him the rock a lot this year. And I think specifically in week one. The third and final one, John Bostic, middle linebacker for Washington. I think that their defensive line is going to allow him to make some big plays. Thank you again, guys. That wraps it for week one predictions. I hope that throughout this season we get to do this each week and that the season is going to be in full effect. You know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you want us to talk about or some things that maybe you're, you agree or disagree with. But anyways, see you next week. Happy football. See you next Thursday. Thanks for listening this week on the Pigskin Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Pigskin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.